You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hope you brought out the brew, Sixers fans. A nice... uh... Get a nice long one, maybe uh maybe a one footer, maybe longer. Make sure you got the dustpan handy. Cause the Sixers swept the Brooklyn Nets over the weekend after winning game four in Brooklyn. So we're on to round two. Chill ride, chill vibes as always. That is the out of sight podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. I am one of your co-hosts, Adil Royster. And Dave Early is here with me as always. Uh Dave, nice to see you again. How you feeling? I'm feeling, you know. Could be better. The uh, Joel Embiid update is not not the most exciting thing this time of year. So, I, I guess we're just going to go ahead and lead with that. Uh, Joel, of course, did not play game four. He sat out with what was diagnosed as a knee sprain, according to the MRI and things that I read over the interwebs. But, Dave, something went up on the site, and it doesn't seem that it's quite that simple, and that has me afraid, again, going into the Boston series, again. Yeah, when we first heard this, we heard from Doc Rivers that there's some swelling, and it happened early, meaning the night of the game. You remember when he fell trying to block Cam Johnson's shot, and their feet got tangled, and Joel landed awkwardly. Uh, we did hear from Ramona. It's funny. We were joking on our Liberty Baller Slack. All we have to do is win this series and avoid any Ramona Shelburne updates. That's the only goal. Sure enough, here we are, annual nightmare. But um, I would say that the first ones were a little bit more optimistic, talking about if the Sixers don't beat the Nets in game four and sweep, there's optimism for a, you know, a midweek return now you swept, and the next series probably won't start until this coming Saturday. I think that's the 29th. If the Hawks could miraculously win a game without DeJounte Murray, who was just suspended for basically doing the same thing that Jason Tatum did earlier in the game and didn't even get a tech for. Exactly. Then they would push that back to Monday, which would be a small miracle. I don't expect that at all now. The line was minus 12 in their favor before the Murray suspension. So you figure that's only going to grow. So how many days off is Joel going to get here for what they're calling an LCL sprain that's got a one to two week timeline, essentially, for a pro athlete? 
um, if it were, if the series were to start Saturday, that's about nine days in between his injury and the start of the next series. Either way, we're in the torture chamber with Embiid again, heading into a big second round match against the Boston Celtics. I was listening to, I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast earlier today. And he's just like, Joel, he's just, he's just a big dude. And just like over 2,100 minutes or something like that. Like, can't expect this guy to like do all that running around and jumping like all the time like we hope that he does but i don't know man every year it seems to be joel or bust in the playoffs yeah i i think i've written about this on the site i pinpoint it as the two most highly highly dangerous plays for him yeah you've got your freak occurrences like getting elbowed in the face by pascal siakam but what's not a freak occurrence are dunks and track down blocks. And this one was a track down block. If you're trying to forecast this stuff, that was a game where you would say, hey, the Sixers should be on high alert here. This is a Joel Embiid injury game. Yes. Because he, he was falling like he got hit and went to the locker room for lower back treatment for minutes for a while. And he came back and he start, he wasn't looking great but he was still taking these high-risk plays trying to block guys. And he won the game for them on one of those blocks. So you can't say don't do them. Right. But you, you can save the more you do, the higher your probability is to eventually land on someone else's foot and fall weird and hurt yourself. And Jokic, Jokic doesn't do that. You know, he doesn't go for those types of blocks. It's probably the most frustrating catch 22 that we are privy to experiencing every year. It's like we want Joel to be that rim protector. We want him to be this like high energy guy where it's just like, oh, you can't come into the lane because Joel is there. But then when he does that and he does these things, like you mentioned, that leads to him getting hurt. It's like, all right, like how much do we really want him going for stuff like this, especially come in the playoffs where it's, you know, God damn it, it's survive. Survival mode should be what it is, not necessarily making every play every time. He he was injured twice this season with a foot, right? And yes. I think it was on January 2nd, they were up by nine with three and a half minutes to go, and he was trailing a play looking for a block on Jackson Hayes of the Pelicans, and he landed on a foot. And so those plays are highly, highly dangerous where a guy's going up for a layup, and you're trying to block him and you don't know how exactly either of you are going to land. And those are the, those are the plays that took him out this season. There are some plays that he sprained something or other in the past. I think landing on Enos Cantor's foot in game against Portland. So you saw it here and you just, you, you feel for him because it does feel like it's always something. Uh, I don't know what to tell him. Like, Hey, right. let a few of those layups go. You know, it's not in his DNA. But moving forward, his supermax is about to kick in. Um, they're going to have to find a way to work on that with him somehow. I think it's funny that the Sixers view Joel Embiid in kind of the same way that Boston Celtics fans feel about Robert Williams. It's just like, if Robert Williams slash Joel Embiid, if they're playing and they're healthy, like that adds a whole nother level and we're exceedingly better like obviously Joel Embiid is MVP candidate but for example what Robert Williams does for the Celtics being that rim protector being that rebound gobbler and stuff like that like the the Celtics need that 
but the Sixers need Joel Embiid to like win games sometimes. I realize they're 11, they're 12 and five now without him in the lineup, but you know, you can't just not take an MVP candidate out of the lineup like that and expect the same result every time. No, the bottom line is part of the reason that we argued in favor of Joel winning MVP over a guy like Giannis is because he doesn't have the same help. So if we don't know his status for game one, or if he plays and he's at 60%, 65, 70%, or if he's playing in a cumbersome brace, worried about it, that's not going to cut it against probably the best team left in the NBA, the odds on title favorite right now, according to our friends at DraftKings, the Celtics. They need him and Harden completely fully healthy. And Harden hasn't looked good himself. Harden has not looked good. But uh, thankfully, uh, the more support role players, for example, let's start with Paul Reed. Paul Reed looked really good against the Brooklyn Nets in round one. And of, of course, you have to take that with a grain of salt because it's the Brooklyn Nets we're talking about here. So it's like you have to grade on a curve, so to speak, I guess. But he looked extremely good in the series against Brooklyn. Yeah, he looked good. He looked like if he'd never signed Montrez Harrell, they would have been okay. I mean, I'm not sure <laughs> how many how many games Trez won you. He played. He appeared in what 57 games this year, or whatever it was. Something like that. It was. It was uh, too many. Is the correct? Is the is the correct answer there? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe someone would argue that they would have been a four seed without him. And but you know, ramping up Paul Reed was the right thing to do. That's what the fans would have suggested. And he he made them look smart by balling out in that game, helping them sweep the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, he was they had these rebounding problems all year long, and he was just a monster on the glass. Kevin Harden was like, in the moment they needed him to, he played his best game. Uh Paul Reed in the first round, uh 7.3 points, seven point seven rebounds uh shot 58 percent from the field uh this is an interesting metric here um total rebound percentage uh i don't count dan house because he only played in like two games for a total of five minutes but you know who number one was total rebound percentage it was not Joel Embiid. Embiid is second, 18.1%. Paul Reed, 23.7% total rebound percentage against the Brooklyn Nets. No mud detected. That is absolutely that is absolutely fantastic. That's what you want out of a backup center. Just somebody that cleans glass, sets decent screens for Harden and Maxi and those guys. And Finishes just some layups, gets some deflections, runs the floor in transition. And when he gets those rebounds, either puts it right back in or kicks it right back out. We're not asking you to do too much, Paul. That's all we're asking you to do. And uh, he made himself millions in that series, I think. Probably. He's he's on his way to a decent, uh, a real decent payday in this offseason. Yeah, I believe and... the Sixers have matching rights. So if someone offered him $10 million per year, they could uh, just match that. Uh, thanks for Pouring that bucket of cold water on me. Um, that's, not, that's not even cold because they could go <laughs> above the cap to do it. That's just Josh Harris's money. That's true. It's jo- Josh, take some money away from the commander's deal and put it into the Sixers. Exactly. Um, Tyrese Maxey, what what more do I do we need to say about this kid? 
21, 5, and 2 in the first round against the Brooklyn Nets, shooting 50% from three. I, if there's one person I am not worried about going forward against the Celtics, I am hyper confident and I feel like it's going to come back to bite me in the ass. It's Tyrese Maxey. I'm not worried about him. They were totally, totally going to lose game three. And that would have put you in very, very dangerous territory because Joel had sustained that knee. He's playing on it. He's playing hard on it. And you're not going to win, so now you're going to be tempted to bring him back some point in that series. Tyrese Maxey hits a three. He gets a steal. He hits a layup, and then he hits a go-ahead three. I mean, what can you say? He's played some of the best two-way basketball of his career. He's only 22. He's making himself a lot of money as well. And for these rumors about James Harden potentially leaving – he certainly at least makes you feel a tiny bit better that not all would be lost if that were to occur. Tyrese Massey is just super clutch in this series. Uh, Tobias Harris also showing up. I don't know if it's playoff Toby or round one Toby, but from what I've seen, I very much appreciate what I got out of Tobias Harris in round one. Toby I'm was encouraged. I'm encouraged. Beast. Okay. Yeah, for the second first round in a row, Harris was awesome. And uh, they they wouldn't have swept without him playing that way for sure. If there's one role player that you are really like, okay, I need this guy to show up in round two against Boston. Is there a name that pops to your mind like first before anybody else? Well, I, I would just go back to Harris again, but if he's too much of a starter to count, I'll give you another one. He's too much of a starter to count. Give me another one. Uh, I'll give you next Tucker because I think he's going to be on the floor a lot in this series. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to need him to do everything that he's been doing, but also knock down more of these open corner threes. I would also say that um, I don't know how much he is going to show up since he only got like 15 minutes game in round one, but George Niang, I if you're in the game, I need you to knock down shots, my man. I need you to knock down those open threes if you get them, because you know with that lineup with Reed and Niang or uh, Tucker and Niang and Harden, Melton, Maxi, he's gonna get open looks, and he has he has to be Drano against the Celtics. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to play this series. If Joel Embiid was completely healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if he were out of the rotation because at times against the Brooklyn Nets, he looked pretty fine. But it's not hard to picture him looking like chopped meat against the Boston Celtics defensively. So with Joel Embiid questionable, potentially on a minutes restriction, potentially missing game one, uh, it wouldn't be surprising to see him out there. And like you said, if I told you that the Sixers stole games one or two, you'd probably expect some splash performances like we saw from DeAnthony Melton in Brooklyn game four. He had right. 15 fourth quarter points. 15 in the fourth. Dude was so clutch that, yeah, you need him to do that. You need him to be what, you know, not quite what Derek White has been for the Boston Celtics, but you need him to play like that. You need him to knock down threes and get in those passing lanes need him to hound a player like Brogdon, White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum at times without getting into too much foul trouble. 
And finish those dunks. Finish with those dunks. Finish the you know. dunks, D'Anthony. Two hands. He was, Jesus. Yes. He was finishing his dunks, and it was so nice because we've seen him struggle with that throughout the year. Two hands, D'Anthony. Two hands for safety. Um, is there anybody else that you're feeling like – should we even talk about Harden? Like, how does how does he look to you now after round one, 30, playing 36 minutes, averaging 17, five and a half and eight, 8.8? Harden has not looked right since March 20th. When You're he, still on that. You're still you're still in the Harden ain't right camp. A thousand percent. I mean, he, okay. Brian Sapora for us was writing like or for Forbes was writing that he's got an all NBA case. And before that injury, I agreed. I mean, he was he was on Michael C. Wright's Kia MVP ladder for a lot of this year. I wonder. I wonder if Maxie's kind of picking up the slack a little bit because he can see that like James isn't all there. I wonder if that's part of it. Why he's yeah, been balling James, in his playoffs. The biggest difference is that when James is is right, he plays a lot of point guard in the half court. He runs a lot of pick and rolls with Joe. Right. And what we've seen since he's returned to the lineup, he missed four games. He came back. He's got the big second quarter. So towards the tail end of the season, he would drain a bunch of threes. He would play well when Joel was out of the game against teams like, I guess, Dallas. Mm -hmm. And then he would kind of just coast in the second half. I don't know if it tightens up at him. But he defers a lot more to guys like Maxie and Melton in the half court, which worked against Brooklyn. I think it works to keep Tyrese very, very involved and remind him that he has to put constant pressure and be in attack mode. But if you want to be Boston, this James is definitely not cutting it. Ramona Shelburne on television appearing Monday said that she's actually more concerned with consistency at Harden than she is with Joel Embiid's health. So kind of a, is- sneak, a sneakily optimistic point of view, but <laughs> pessimistic from Harden's vantage point. That is definitely a statement to make because job one is always Embiid's health. The MVP's so, health. We don't even know if he's playing in game one and she's right. more concerned about Harden's ankle so or consistency. So let's say game one. So let's say that um, you know, it's it's more it's more possible if you saw game four last night. Good lord, Atlanta was just not they 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 tried. I'll just put it that way. Though they gave it the old college try, but in the end, it wasn't enough. So, do you think this thing kicks off Saturday? Yeah, how could you not? I mean, I'm just I'm just throwing out ideas here, Dave. That's all I'm doing. I'm still um, dreaming of a Trey Young bowing in Madison Square Garden type villain performance, the kind he put on us. But that would be awesome. Hey, Trey, you can you can play well against teams in the playoffs that are not the Sixers. Yeah, but he they're not quite the same team. I guess they're missing Herder. John Collins just isn't good. Um, oh, man, John Collins. That team was just a lot, a lot better. I know they weren't the best team, but that 2021 Hawks team was very, very good, and this team is definitely not. So uh, I'm putting them to bed. I'm expecting Saturday, and I really don't feel great about Joel's chances to getting medically cleared by then. So, And without – Embiid, you don't think there's any chance they maybe steal game one? Like Maxi goes off for like 40, but you know, they still can't really get it done. I wouldn't say zero chance, but if you're talking, if you told me Joel is out, I would ballpark it around 20% or so. So, and one in five isn't terrible. Because we, Dave loves percentages on this podcast. Dave loves to give percentages. I like to think 
probabilistically. So yeah, I think twenty four percent. We we love that about you, Dave. I, I we love that about <laughs> you. Just bring more of that to the podcast. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and uh, satisfy some of the ad people for the Liberty Bowlers Podcast Network. Is the Out of Sight Podcast? We'll be back and uh, take a look at the rest of the playoff landscape and uh, give you some thoughts on our opinions going into this next week of the playoffs back in a second vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in you can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Outside Podcast on the Liberty Bullish Podcast Network. Dio and Dave here talking more NBA playoffs. All right. So today, uh, at the time of this recording, Bucks Heat, game four, 730 tonight. Still not 100% sure how Giannis is looking, how Giannis is feeling. Um, God, I want to say Milwaukee can still pull it out because I, I've been on the I don't believe in Miami train pretty much all season. But yeah, without... Adebayo's dealing with a hamstring. He's probable. Um, Bucks star Giannis will return to the lineup in game four. So, yeah, the Bucks could absolutely win this one. And I think that would basically end the series. You think it's 2-2 going back to Milwaukee? Yeah. M- Miami just hasn't looked great. Um, no you know, Tyler Harrow. Those... Yeah, without a hero out there, I don't know. I don't see it for them. And now they have to contend with Giannis again. This one, okay, this one I have to say I got totally wrong. I got totally wrong. Uh, Memphis and the Lakers, game four also today at the time of this recording. Lakers up 2-0, and I I honestly think that the Grizzlies are cooked. I don't think they, I don't think they win the series. Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks has brought something evil out of this Lakers team, and he poked the bear, and now he's just he's just getting it. I saw something on social media. It was if you've ever seen Remember the Titans, that uh scene where he's there with Petey and asking him if he's having fun. Yeah, I don't think 
the Grizzlies are having fun anymore. I think it's a zero fun uh, thing going on right now for the Grizzlies. Zero fun, sir. Just none. And and Rui is truly. How long you've been waiting to say that on a podcast, Dave? I just I just came up with that while you were speaking just now. <laughs> but, Rui look Rui looks like the truly. Uh we gave we gave Polinka a bunch of hell for getting rid of Caldwell Pope, Caruso, and Kuzma for Russell Westbrook. They didn't maximize Westbrook as he's showing in LA. But yes. they did pretty well getting a return of, you know, filling in some other guys. Uh Rui looks good. They found Reeves, who looks good, and D'Lo does not look good. Your boy, D'Lo, is not really helping them. D'Lo is not my boy. D'Lo is not my boy. Stop that narrative right now. You're but he'll get, get another He'll get another chance. Well, you named him in the Ben Simmons saga as a possible trade candidate, so I'm teasing you about that. Only because I would have preferred to have anybody give that money to, just so they could do something on the basketball court for the Sixers. But uh, if, if the Lakers win that series... And we're learning De'Aaron Fox has a fractured fingertip. Uh, That's going to be a box office Hollywood. Jack Nicholson has made his reappearance. He might have to get to the sidelines for Lakers Warriors. That's a, that's a shame. That's a shame. I had Kings and six, but if Fox is hobbled, I don't know. I don't know if they'd make it. Hey, Joel dealt with worse. Joel had a torn shooting thumb, a torn offhand pinky and a broken face. And he was out there, and they won two games against the one seed last year. So maybe they could win a couple home games. Hawks, Celtics, Celtics up 3-1 tomorrow night. Yeah, we've already stated this series is cooked, so we can just move on. Nuggets, Timberwolves, that's another uh, That's another team that's on the stove, the Timberwolves. Wolves and seven. Stop it. Have you, you heard that? Did you hear them chanting that. that? You don't believe that. <laughs> the fans are chanting it. Only the people in Minnesota believe that and are chanting that. Like you guys, While they were chanting it, the Denver goes on a 14-0 run. <laughs> yeah, sorry. You guys are cooked. I'm sorry. No, you're, you're cooked. You're going on the plate as soon as the burner gets turned off. Like, that's it. Clipper Suns. I, it's why? over. You, you can literally already bet on Suns-Denver second-round matchup on DraftKings. And the Suns are already favored, even though that series will be in Denver. God, the Clippers uh, have have fun with the rest of that Kawhi extension. If this is the way it's going to be from here on out, like I get it, but like, could we just stop with the Kawhi slander? I mean, Colin Cowherd is giving it to him, saying yeah. he's a mystery. He's an enigma. No, he just hurt his knee. He's sensational every time he's healthy. And I love how Stephen Stephen A. Smith went on his his show or his podcast the other day, and he was calling Kawhi this and calling Kawhi that. Worst like, superstar ever, Stephen A. Stop tripping, Just stop, stop it. Because if Kawhi Leonard was like, "Oh, I want to go to the Knicks," you would have no problem with sending all the capital to get Kawhi Leonard on the Knicks. You need to stop it right now. Finals MVP, who's easily a top five player whenever he's healthy. So. Yeah, let, let's let's stop that nonsense, Stephen A. Just stop it. Your Knicks are up three to one against Cleveland, and if Giannis is healthy, then you're gonna get smoked by the Bucks. So just take your take your dub for you know spurning Donovan Mitchell. Just take your dub for like throwing shade at Donovan Mitchell. Just enjoy that. Outside of that, I don't want to hear your mouth. Uh, Warriors Kings. It's been a great series, but again, if Fox is not 100%, I uh, got to take the champs here. Yeah. 
So all of a sudden, my Kings and six bet is not looking that great right now on DraftKings. And the one that got me is damn it, Knicks Cavs because I bet on the Cavaliers to take care of business, and the Knicks Tom Thibodeau is just cooking them. I I have a rule with my brother when we like decide on what games we want to gamble on in the NFL. We call them do not bet games. Just sit down, watch them. You don't need any added excitement for it. I was just like, that series? I don't need to bet that series. I'm just going to sit down and enjoy it. And like, that's it. I will get all the endorphins necessary just from watching the game. I should have followed your lead because I, <laughs> I bet on Cleveland. I was like, you know, they've got the best players. Donovan Mitchell's going to be bowing all over Madison Square Garden, making fans think they should have traded for him. Instead, it's been the opposite. Brunson's the best player in the series. Mitchell's missing all his shots. And I don't know, the, the twin tower combo of Mobley and Allen doesn't look compatible. Allen doesn't look quite healthy. I expected a lot more in game four from Donovan Mitchell than 11 points in 42 minutes. I got to say, I expected a little bit more out of that. This dude is one of the best playoff scorers that we've seen in recent years. And he just had no way to get past uh, the double teams and the traps, you know, starting with Josh Hart, who's just been amazing. Well, what an awesome pickup. Remember those? Oh, everyone wants to trade three picks. And I think the Knicks might have even offered three picks for OG Ananobi. Yeah. And instead, they just were like, okay, we're just going to arbitrage that and get a guy who might be even better for one third the price. And they're, they are reaping the benefits now, aren't they? Good God. Yeah. Reddish and their own 2023, which would have been late in the 20s. Good deal. Agreed. And I've liked Josh Hart since he came into the league. Like, I thought that New Orleans. The, didn't play him enough when he got drafted there. I thought he was a nice fit for Zion and Brandon Ingram when they were out there, but it's a totally different team when you don't have Zion out there. Yeah, probably killed uh, LeBron to see how good he is. Yeah. To know that maybe there was some way to keep him in that deal where Ingram and Ball went to New Orleans. I don't know. So to he got close- Kuzma though. Yeah, did get Kuzma. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to close things out, if it's looking like not an if, but when the Sixers play Boston on Saturday, it's it's going to be really hard to win that game one. But overall in the series, how, we're already how, down bad, man. How are you feeling going into a potential series against Boston this time around? It's like this, awful. It's like the second time in three years we've seen Boston in the second round. Uh, we saw them in 2018 when it was our first process playoffs right and we were actually expected to win because Kyrie was out I think Jalen Brown wasn't 100 percent um Joel had the mask the the Marco Bellinelli confetti then in 2020 we were missing Ben Simmons in the bubble yeah we got cooked and swept and now here we go um no I I feel a little bit better in the series just because of how Maxie's been playing the last two months but it's going to be really hard to not be optimistic. I'm hoping that even though there's no Joel in game one, I hope they keep it close. And then maybe Joel comes back in game two and they steal one in Boston. Like there, I don't think there's without Joel, I don't think there's any way they win game one. If we had mid-March Harden and we had Joel from four days ago, healthy, I would have said that this series could really be the championship. Yeah. Because both of these teams, whoever emerges, I would think would 
look a little bit better than Milwaukee has, especially with Giannis's back injury. Uh, and then the West just doesn't look all unbeatable. I mean, the Sixers would have home court against Denver or Phoenix. They'd be favored over them if somehow yep. they emerged. But the way Harden has looked since returning, the way he's looked in the playoffs, trying to finish in the paint, not being able to do so. And now Joel, we don't even know if he's going to play. I mean, I all I, things are shaping up for Boston here. I even hate to say it like this, and I'm you can't see it because we don't record video, but I'm kind of ducking my head as I say this, wearing my fine Sixers cap. Confirm. But, but if the Sixers don't steal games one or two in Boston, it's going to be a wrap quick because Boston is – they're way talented and they are not afraid to play here on the road. They're just not. They will is definitely there- – is there any chance that they try what they did last year and Embiid plays in game three at home? That would buy him 14 days rest because the report we heard was one to two weeks off. That would put him in the two-week golf range. They did win those two games. And so if you could say playing on May 5th rather than April 29th buys Joel that much time where he can look 85% out there and not wear a brace – Maybe that's better. Maybe you like your chances to tie that series and then go all in for game five in Boston. Is there any scenario where they would? I think it makes sense, but like the threat of Boston stealing game three or four in Philadelphia would have me a little scared. <laughs> more than a little. I mean, more than he... a little, but yeah, you, I, I, I get your point. Like for, for Joel's health and effectiveness from again, your percentage scale, I, I get it, but I would Cause be... your worst case scenario is he... Just like we talked about in 2021 when he had the lateral meniscus. Yes, he can play. Yes, he's medically cleared. But what if he goes out there and makes it worse and then needs some sort of off-season surgery? Exactly. I I think that, like you said, this, the painting that you're drawing out right now, like Harden just balls out for either game one or two and the Sixers steal one, I'm all for that. Hopefully it gets there. Like Harden and Maxi just go full tilt, like, screw it. We're just going for this thing. We're running. We're just doing the Coach Carter thing, and we're just running, like, the whole damn game. Like, I would be all for that. Yeah, Harden can get by his guy, and I think Harden can get by Jalen Brown and and some of the defenders they'll be putting on him. What he does when he gets by that first initial guy, that's where it's going to hinge, because if he kicks it out to P.J. Tucker, he's got to knock that down. Melton, same thing. Tyrese, they're going to have to, I think, get a little more creative in the half court and get him more movement, get him playing a little bit more like Steph Curry and a little bit less like Trevor Ariza stationed in a corner because that could confuse Boston. That's not a wrinkle that they've done a ton of. So adding that this late in the season would at least be one thing Boston hasn't seen them do much of. Without Embiid in the lineup, though, does Boston necessarily have to double team anybody on the Sixers roster? Don't have to. I think they still would look to send help once Harden gets past his guy or drives into the paint just okay. because they're so good at recovering. You know, they have so many players who can close out. Well, we'll just see how this all plays out. Uh, assuming game one is Saturday, crossing fingers, please, Atlanta, steal one more. Just give me one more Ice win. Ice Trey. Ice Trey. One time. Trey, one time. One time. Give me 55 <laughs> and 12 one in time, Boston. One time, Ice Trey. Don't That's go out all like I'm asking. That. You've tortured us so much. Dirty birds. You, you've tortured us so many times, Trey Young. Can you just give us something? You just owe us, us that Monday. much. <laughs> <laughs>
As always, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Adobe Royster. You can find David at Dave underscore early. You can go to it's just David early. David early, no underscore at David early. You can read things on the site, libertyballers.com. You can follow the site on Twitter, liberty underscore ballers. We'll be back next week. And after that, we'll have uh, maybe game one to talk about. Well, we will have game one to talk about. Either it'll be Saturday or it'll be Monday night. But either way, we're ready. We're ready for the we're ready for that damn leprechaun again. Jesus. Every year it's that damn leprechaun. And Aaron Rodgers has emerged from the darkness and now he's a jet. So yeah, that's a, yeah, I saw the I saw what they gave up. I'm like, yeah, that's a that's a lot to give up for a quarterback that's not gonna get you out of the wild card round. So good on you, New York Jets. Very nice. They gave up an absolute ton. They only Way get sixty five percent of the games of the snaps guaranteed this year, and they have to give up a second this year, a sixth this year, and a first in two thousand twenty four. Joe Woo! Douglas, Joe Douglas, what are you doing? Like, well, you if, get... he didn't, if he didn't get Rodgers, he probably would have got fired. So, oh my God, blame ownership. All right, well, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast. But until next week, we're out of here. Talk to everybody next week. Go Sixers, trust the process. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.